ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast scheduled for one fall with a 60 minute. Hold on. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, that was beautiful. Crushed it. I like the new tone that's being set by the Sunshine Buddies being champions of this show. Hi, buddy. How you doing today? Doing great, champ. How are you doing? Fantastic, champ. I'm very excited for this show. Great job on that coin flip, champ. Appreciate it, champ. I can't wait for you to take over, though. It's extra special because I picked it out, so he chose it just for me, and it was nice. You know, that's what buddies do. I was originally intending to get a full-size couch, but I got a love seat instead. All right, before I drown in the stacker in here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit is yet another episode of the One Fall Show. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host. I am joined, as usual, on this side of the uh, podcast by my timekeeper and uh, scorekeeper and general all-around referee, Miss Erica Bennis, the uh, one half of our new Dick Togo Memorial Tag Team Champions. Um, it is no longer called the Dick Togo Memorial Tag Team Champions. One, what? First of all, Dick Togo once again is very much alive. All right. What? And I will say that every single time because I, 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 well, I remember telling Eric, my husband, like what the the tag titles were called. He's like, wait, Dick Togo's in bullet club i go yes i know and i've tried to explain that but no one cares to listen to me anywho the tag titles are now known as the mankind with pms tag titles and i think it's appropriate and i want to be addressed as one half of the mankind with pms tag champions erica banis Okay, I will try and keep that in mind. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you can you can take that picture uh, that you posted in our chat, and we can put that on the One Fall Show page for reference for why it's mankind with PMS. I mean, look, if you get it, you get it. <laughs> That's a very deep cut reference, and um, I um, it makes me laugh. And once again, we're not killing Dick Togo, so I like that too. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime we kill him, we're memorializing him. We're remembering him fondly. I ju- mm, it's okay. Look, we can get into a semantics discussion all day. You should introduce our uh, our competitors right now. How about that? Sounds good. We are joined by our panelists this week. Only two of our panelists, as uh, we are still working out our legal uh, issues with Mister Nate Bender. But I am confident that he will return anytime now. I'm talking about uh, one half of our what used to be the undisputed intermetaversal podcast championship, Mr. Shawnee. Not sure how I feel about the fact that Erica would rather bring Dick Togo back from the dead than to pay any respect for his passing. I, I find it to be uh, shameful, really. But I, I, th- I think that I'm liking the fact that Nate's not here. He brings like this really negative, cynical energy. And I think it was dragging the show down. I think it was dragging me down. And I like the new tone that's being set by the Sunshine Buddies being champions of this show. Well, speaking of uh, your co-champion, as far as the uh, our our what is supposed to be our one-person championship, as you guys share it, uh, let's talk about your tag team partner, uh, Mr. Justin Valentine. Okay, so 
Erica, I'm crazy happy for you. I'm glad you got your title. I am going to miss our moment of silence for uh, Dick Togo. I hope we can still slide that in. And I just want to say a special hello to my best friend, my other half. Hi, buddy. How are you doing today? Doing great, champ. How are you doing? Fantastic, champ. I'm very excited for this show. Yeah, so uh, this week we will still be talking about what's going on in the world of wrestling. However, both we, or Justin and Sean will be, you know, just bantering back and forth as far as the answers and the questions here. But we do have questions because this show is one part game show and one part wrestling discussion. We got three rounds, uh, one round being about the AEW and NXT Wednesday Night War, another round about Raw and SmackDown, and a third round about everything else going on around the ring. Three questions each round. Each question is worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. And uh, after a quick coin flip, we see that Mr. Justin Valentine, you will start and uh, let us know where we will start for the first round. Great job on that coin flip, champ. Appreciate it, champ. I can't wait for you to take over, though. Let's go with Raw and SmackDown. Let's start there. You just like hearing me call this, instead of Smacked Raw, the Thunderground Underdome. Yeah, it went from a, a porn site to like a fun little place to hang out. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Starting with Monday Night Raw, the Hurt Business. Welcoming in a new member this week. Who was it, Justin? That would be Cedric Alexander. That is correct. Uh, what do we feel about them adding Cedric Alexander to the Hurt Business? How big do we want the Hurt Business to get? Do we want it to be like the NWO? What are we thinking? I don't want it to get too big. Um, I did say a couple of weeks ago on the show that I wasn't sure how Cedric Alexander would be able to pull off a quote unquote heel turn or whatever it may be. I know it's a small sample size, but I actually didn't hate it at all. I think, you know, the chemistry is kind of there again. It's just started. Things can change, but um, I was a fan of this turn. I maybe one more member, maybe I don't see a need. Plus, I don't think there's enough depth in the roster right now to put too many uh, names within one faction. I think if this sets up a, uh, a rivalry between Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, that we will win as professional wrestling fans. I think they could put on a great program. Uh, I like what they're doing over there. I like the, what the Hurt Business is doing. Um, Raw, though, just I, I'm, I'm having a harder and harder time embracing that as the centerpiece of my Monday nights, I have to admit. I always get excited when they start putting factions together around this time of year because, of course, Survivor Series is only a couple of months away. So if we can get a five-man uh, Hurt Business against, I don't know, Retribution or something like that, that would uh, excite me. But I think you're on to something there, Shawnee, with uh, Cedric Alexander and, and Ricochet. Those would be some fantastic matches. Great point, champ. Thanks, champ. Before moving on, I just want to say, and this, this is slightly Cedric Alexander related. I don't, don't know if you guys know this. Cedric Alexander is married to Big Swole from AEW. And I just really appreciate them as a wrestling couple. Like, yeah. I just I just love both of their personalities together. And it's just, ah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just nice when you see love in the ring. Call me call me a romantic at heart. I do really appreciate within the age of uh, social media when uh, you have wrestlers who are in a relationship that kind of share. You you get to see them on each other's social media is always very fun. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I saw uh, Cedric retweet one of her tweets or vice versa about a week ago, and I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, I appreciate them. Like, neither one of them at the time were too big of names within the company and when it comes to storylines, but I just appreciated both of them. I, I'm with you on that. 
All right, well, let's move on to our second question in the Thunderground Underdome. Uh, WWE's lightened its stance. We talked about this last week about their use of third-party platforms like Twitch and YouTube. Uh, wrestlers can still be active on those platforms, but they need to do what? Was it uh, used a real name? That is correct for two points. They uh, now need to use their real name. Like I said, we spent a lot of time talking about this last week, and I don't know that there's very much else to say about it, but it would be very weird, as we said last week, for them to just decide that you can't go on these third-party platforms and continue to work on your stuff. And I think we're probably missing something that some other companies actually get to do, like with being the elite on YouTube, where you can work on your character outside of your two-hour television show. You know, personally, I, I do think this is about control. Like, I think some people in the WWE, I'm not going to name names. I think they like to control the narrative at all times. And they want to be the reason why somebody gets over, not somebody going outside of traditional programming to get themselves over. This is Zack Ryder all over again. I mean, obviously, there was heavy backlash when this news came down. But I, I think would probably got brought up to the powers that be, if you will, is look, we're making extra money here. Why don't you give us the money then? And then they probably went, oh, we don't want to, I mean, we want to control you, but we don't want to pay you more. So I, I I think that probably had a lot to do with it. That, and once again, it was just a really, really bad PR move. I have my suspicions that you're talking about Vince McMahon when you say people. That is correct. Because uh, it's, it, you know, referring to him as just a singular entity doesn't feel right. He's so more all encompassing. But HP Lovecraft. I don't know what that means, but sure, let's go with it. Okay. <laughs> the Why Cosmic not? Horror VKM. I mean, we said it last week. This was an example of Vince being out of touch. And I'm sure he saw the backlash from the public, from the fans, from social media, and from the wrestlers themselves. And then, you know, knock someone within that realm, knock some sense into him or whatever it may be. Uh, this what is what it should have been from the beginning. If there had to be any type of guidelines or whatever, but I mean, bad PR move, but again, just out of touch. And as we talked about in the final fault last week, Paige making a killing on Twitch. There's no way uh, anybody making that kind of money is going to look at their, what is their full-time job and uh, decide that that's more important than the thing you're getting paid that much to do on the side and have a blast doing it well let's go to our third question and uh, justin your opportunity to completely take this first round of course we've been talking about retribution for weeks now a new faction over on uh, smackdown that's uh and, and raw and the identity of a couple of the members have been the topic of discussion of a number of tweets this week three names have surfaced as potential members after their uh their promo this past monday on raw what are the three people so far that people have figured out are probably in retribution? Mia Yim, I believe. Dio Madden and uh, Dajakovic. Is, are those the three? Uh, that's two out of the three that I've got here. I have heard Dio Madden as a, one of the names as well. So I think I'm going to give you three points for that. But I would like to let Shawnee uh, take a swing at this one. Oh, too, just please, to Shawnee. Other name. Shawnee, best of luck to you. You got this. I believe that third name, uh, Chuck was farmer burns farmer burns he does have a big old neck and definitely of any reference to Sh farmer burns is worth a point in my book uh however uh mojo raleigh was the name that i was looking for is this i'd rather have uh the corpse of farmer burns on my screen <laughs> than mojo uh, raleigh 
<laughs> now that uh, Retribution has got their own graphic and uh, has cut their first promo, how are we feeling about this? I'm I'm interested to see Dio Madden actually wrestle because I remember seeing him behind the announce table a couple of months ago and thinking that guy is way too big to only be announcing. And uh, it'll be neat to see Mia Yim on the main roster. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this has changed my like them talking and everything what we saw this week has changed how I feel about them. I'm still waiting to see how this all turns out. Um, I don't want to see Mojo Raleigh a part of this. I think that makes absolutely no sense at all to be grouped with the other names, to be in a group like this. I don't think that makes any sense. But for the group themselves, I'm just waiting because I, I just don't know enough to like it or hate it. It's just there. But it's also getting to the point that, okay, how long we're going to go on before we actually make a move with these guys? They're in matches. We get a reveal. We get a reason. We get something other than what we've been getting for, what, over a month now, the same thing every week. Yeah, it's been going on far too long. And they're like these these arch bastards to start, and they've slowly become less and less interesting, less and less ferocious. You know, and by the time they get to the ring, it's going to be Mojo Raleigh bouncing around like an idiot. So, you know, I, I think what could have been a fantastic uh, shakeup in the WWE has turned into the introduction of a team that m- very few people are going to embrace if this is what we end up seeing. I totally agree with you guys. I feel like the lead up to potentially the reveal of Retribution has been way too long. Also, if Mojo Raleigh is involved, I'm immediately going to push against it because I don't like being involved with anything associated with Gronk in any way, shape or form. Uh, so, and it's just like, like, what are you raging against Mojo Raleigh? Really? Come on, stop it. He's raging against being a hype bro and not getting the push that he deserves. Well, his best friend and meal ticket. And the only reason why his name is, was relevant left the WWE so quick to go back to football. So, right. All right, we're at the end of round one. Erica, what do the points look like? Well, after round one, we have Justin with six points who uh, basically swept the category. Of course, Shawnee does have one point after the obligatory mention of Farmer Burns. So anytime you can work him into conversation, I say do it. Absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to the second round. Shawnee, you get control of the board. Do you want to talk about the Wednesday Night War or do you want to talk about the news and notes around the ring this week? About the news and notes. All right, sounds good. So we uh, mentioned Marty Jannetty about a month ago in the Marty Jannetty murder news. He's clarified the now infamous Facebook post of how he made a man disappear as uh, he backpedaled on that particular post and said, now, what was that in reference to? I don't know. I I saw that he said it was a work and I thought to myself, it took you this long to think up that excuse. You're a terrible professional wrestler and you are a terrible criminal, Marty Jannetty. (laughs) I mean, that's that's, you know. It's technically right. And I think calling Marty Jannetty a terrible criminal also in the running for the episode name. And I think it's worth a point. What do you think, Sean? Not Sean. Chuck. (laughs) Damn it. I don't. I swear I'm not drunk this time. I swear to God, you guys. For once, I'm not drunk. We're all struggling. We don't know what each other's names are. It's cool. Uh, as we did last round, let's let Justin take a swing at this and see if he's got the, the actual verbiage, but Sean does get the point for that one. I mean, verbiage, I had basically the same thing that it was fake and part of a wrestling storyline. Yeah. The, the answer I've got in front of me is he said it was just the beginning of a damn wrestling storyline. Uh, do we have anything else to say about Marty Jannetty? Really? 
it took him that long. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the inevitable Marty Jannetty versus New Jack. Loser has to admit he killed a man. Moving on to the second round, we've got uh, new news about New Japan Pro Wrestling. They announced the participants to the G1 Climax this past week, similar to how WrestleMania has a number uh, as its installments go. Which number installment is this year's G1 Climax tournament? Who's got the the round? Uh, Shawnee. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one to Erica. <laughs> she is. Uh, we can uh, we can give Justin an opportunity to this, but she she is uh, the the person who wrote the question. So of course she. Time out. I did my research this week. I want the New Japan question because I think I have it. Great job, champ. Thanks, champ. Um, I'm gonna say thirty. It, it is the thirtieth. The thirtieth G1 climax. Don't give him a good job before he's even got the question right. He Jesus. knew I had it. We have faith in each other. That's what best friends and sunshine buddies do. We just automatically have that faith. That's why we're co-champions. I'm starting to get to the point where I can't wait for one of you to uh, give the other one a list and for you to wonder why your name is on it. <laughs> I was thinking someone was going to get super kicked through a, a barbershop window, but yeah, that works too. So, yeah, we're at the 30th uh, G1 Climax. And Erica, of course, you're our, uh, our huge New Japan uh, mark here in the room. So what does this mean for uh, New Japan to have done this uh, 30 times? Is, that, is it an annual event? Has it literally been 30 years of this? Yeah, like it's, it's an annual event. Uh, the winner of the G1 Climax gets a title opportunity uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom, which, of course, is New Japan's answer to WrestleMania, like, or at least it's their version, you know. It's it's a very taxing uh, tournament to watch. It's very lengthy, but the storytelling throughout is outstanding, regardless of who's in which block and et cetera, et cetera. Last year, Minoru Suzuki wasn't in it. This year, he is. Uh, however, when he wasn't in it last year, he like basically threw just a bunch of temper tantrums and just murdered everybody which was so <laughs> much fun to watch because he was still involved in like the undercard matches so he would just come down to the ring and just like well i, I guess i'm just gonna beat up all the young boys uh it, uh I, <laughs> like it's just I, I love the g1 it's just fun the way some people feel about like march madness is the way i feel about the g1 okay it's a wonderful time of the year it's great wrestling if you just look at those blocks as a professional wrestling fan and don't get excited, I don't know. I don't know what you're watching. I mean, I, I saw somebody posting their favorites. And so I'm like, well, let me take a look at these blocks and see how my favorites stack up. And I was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick favorites. I mean, there's just a massive array of talent in this tournament. You never know what's going to happen. There's always a litany of surprises in every G1. It, it doesn't matter the year. There's always something that, takes you by surprise multiple times multiple surprises if you love wrestling if you love storytelling which i feel like all of us on this podcast and everyone who's listening does too like this is what you should be watching this is it's just ah uh, uh, i feel it in my veins it's interesting to me too that uh the, the way you're describing how the g1 works for new japan sounds very much like how the royal rumble works for the wwe as the winner you know getting to go on to their big event for for a title match but because it's more of a king of the ring style tournament i think it's a huge example of how different the audiences are between you know a wwe audience and a new japan audience a new japan audience is absolutely willing to watch 
a full tournament, whereas WWE runs, we we kind of want something a little faster and a little bit more now. So just give us a big battle royal where we get surprises and people come in and people get thrown out and we have a good time. That's why I wish we would have a, a tournament style thing where money in the bank is. Because we already get a battle royal or at least a bunch of people kind of thing at Royal Rumble. So I've, I'd rather have a tournament. And to me, that's almost more intriguing. I mean, yeah. you could still do surprises and debuts and returns entered into the tournament. Maybe we don't get the tournament names until the night of the show or something like that. But, you know, I just, you know, I think it's could be even be more entertaining than a battle royal. Mix between what the WWE d- does, which, you know, presently is is just random, it seems. And then what AEW does uh, with uh, what has been contentious on this show, they're sort of keeping of rankings and making it more statistically driven. A, a good old-fashioned tournament feels like a competitive sports endeavor. And if you just execute those uh, once or twice a year and present it in a serious fashion where you don't know that the winner is going to be Roman Reigns again, I think you can inject a lot of incitement into the thing and it feels more like a sport without having to say, hey, look at these numbers. We're trying to be more of a sport. Or you could just start a fight club in the basement. That's working out real well, Chuck. (laughs) All right, let's move on to our our third and final question in the around the ring category. Justin, you've got control here. Uh, The WWE announced two new network specials that are going to focus on two notable feuds from 2006. That'll be coming out. What are those two feuds? I feel like I saw one of them. I don't think I saw two. Was was one of them, and maybe it's not even re- relevant to what I saw, was one of them Trish and Lita? I don't have the other. That is not correct. Uh, Trish Stratus is part of that one, but that is uh, that is not the correct answer. Thank you, Erica. I saw you shaking your head over the camera, and you're like, mm-mm. Shawnee. Your opportunity here to uh, steal three points away from Justin. What were the two feuds that are going to be the subject of upcoming WWE Network specials? For anything about 2006, and uh, it was such a bad time in my life that references to it caused me to block out any information that follows. So, Okay, fair enough. Uh, the two feuds we're talking about are the Edge-John Cena feud and the Mickey James versus Trish Stratus feud. Uh, I don't know that we've talked about it uh, with this particular group, but what do you guys think of kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on the network? To me, it's some of the most intriguing stuff that you can watch on the WWE Network uh, outside of being able to go back and watch an old pay-per-view or an old Raw or SmackDown. In fact, I know that uh, Amy, who is one half of our Mankind with PMS Tag Team Champions, uh, was here last week. Uh, She gets really into getting to see the highlights of that kind of stuff. What about I you love it. That is absolutely one of my favorite things outside of, you know, obviously the actual show for any company is the behind the scenes of how a match, how a feud, a rivalry, a show came together. Uh, the, you know, the writing behind it, the, you know, what happened just, I love the fact that because for the longest time wrestling, they would be so, you know, trying so hard to prove that they, oh this is real this is actually my real character and keeping character and never breaking that face and now with social media obviously that's not a thing so they embrace it instead with all these behind the scenes specials on the network and i love it i am so into why it happened and the thought behind it and blah 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 i just love everything about that the depth is what makes wrestling fun to watch week after week you know uh for me, uh, you know, it's it's not as though the palette is so broad that we're seeing new and innovative things on the regular. 
So it is a lot of fun. I, I think that it's also part of what, why I'm so frustrated with WWE right now. Like what storyline, you know, I think perhaps the Hurt Business has been consistently interesting and focused for the last few months. Uh, Bailey and Sasha for sure. But everything else just feels like like last minute changes are being made as we're reading in the uh, in the rumor sheets. You know, what would you present in terms of a documentary on some of these stories? It's, it's clearly slapdash. And there's no excuse for it when you're a billion dollar company having your most profitable year ever. The WWE has a, a knack for being very talented when it comes to presenting its own history and for basically writing its own history. It's no secret that this is a company that enjoys control of any and all narratives. Doesn't matter if it's in the ring, out of the ring. They know how to spin a yarn. They know how to present something compelling, especially with these documentary specials from The Undertaker, Last Ride stuff to the 24 series. I think, and and I perhaps uh Shawnee, you might be you might agree with me, as great as these specials are, it's incredibly frustrating to then watch the weekly product, which seems to be just once again at times thrown together at the last minute. Um, there's no consideration of a narrative short-term or long-term at times. So it like when you see, once again, products like the documentary series get put forth and, and presented toward us, it's just like, well, you know, look now every week's not always going to be perfect, but like, how can you be so good at telling stories here but some it oftentimes just fail miserably telling stories uh, like in your your regular product like it's i think it's great content but it also just kind of brings up the the frustrations that we have always i was going to say it kind of shines a light on when it's bad over in the in the, in the weekly show agreed agreed Let's shift gears out of that. What do we feel? You know, usually if they release something like this, it, it might be suggesting something that we're going to see in the future. Uh, what do you guys think of these pairings? Uh, I wasn't, uh, you know, honestly wasn't watching in 2006. Uh, I certainly know all of the names involved, but I don't know the legacy. Are are those matches that you think would get you excited for a big pay-per-view? Edge. Edge and John Cena was a huge deal in 2006, and I dare say that is where Edge cemented himself as a singles yes. competitor, at much less as a heel. Um, Mickey, the Mickey James and Trish Stratus thing obviously leans into Mickey James going up against Asuka in a couple of weeks for uh, for the Raw Heavy the Raw Women's Championship. I'm very interested to see, like Erica and everyone else has said before. The WWE has very much written its own history. I, I still remember the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD, which just was a huge hit job on him before they could you know, pretty much come to an agreement on how to properly represent that character. I'm very interested to see there's a particular moment that I'm that they have censored from every version of the WrestleMania match between Mickey James and Trish. And I'm very interested to see if that continues to be not part of the narrative anymore, or if they're actually going to address it uh, now that they're putting a special together. And that's it. why I think they're not, nothing against Mickey James or Trish, obviously individually, but I don't know that that match outside of the controversy with that moment that you're speaking of. Um, and just honestly, the storyline, cause I know Mickey James came in, like was kissing on Trish and all that um, and stalking and all that. 
Um, I think that's why that got this documentary because other than that, that this wasn't a long rivalry. It's not known as one of the best matches, the greatest matches or anything. At least I haven't really heard it as not even in the women's, um, you know, era, I wouldn't look at Mickey and Trish as one of the best rivalries. So like John Cena and edge, it makes sense to have a documentary for kind of turning my head at Mickey and Trish outside of, you know, the controversy of that moment. It feels, I feel like they're that whole rivalry is more infamous than anything in, in because of that moment and just kind of looking back at how, women's wrestling was and how it has evolved. You're absolutely right. It's not one of those feuds where you're like, oh, geez, this feud. I mean, it was just, holy hell. It's like, no, no, no. It was infamous for that moment. Uh, and I, I think if they don't address it, you know, what's the point of the the documentary then? Like you have to, you have to, you know, acknowledge the elephant in the room. And for those of us uh, old enough to remember the movie, the three amigos infamous, is a word. It's not just famous. It's infamous. That's true. Very true. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see on that. I, I think uh, while uh, Mickey James is not tr- one of Trish Stratus's biggest rivalries, Trish Stratus is absolutely Mickey James's biggest rivalry in her career. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. I don't know that Mickey James really had that many other great rivalries outside of that one. I can't really name any other names. Like she's had some good matches, but when it comes to rivalries, I don't really. Well, I mean, there was the whole like, didn't Lay Cool make fun of her? I mean, there was the whole Piggy James angle as well. Right. Which once again, it's like, oh, cool, fat shaming, nice. And by the way, she wasn't fat. That's what got me <laughs> yeah. about that. That whole time, I'm like, she's not fat. Like she's not even close to being overweight, fat, but or that's whatever. That's what makes it funny, buddy. It's great <laughs> shit. I think I think that was I think that was near the same time that uh, they were making fun of Natalia for being gassy. Oh God, just it's <laughs> oh, it's all so awful. All right, we're at the end of uh, round two, Erica. What do the points look like now? Well, uh, Mr. Justin Valentine is running away with this uh, with nine points. Shawnee with two points. Uh, still anyone's game because i don't know what final fall question you're using is it the first one is it the price is right one or is it the one that's i'm clearly being a dick it's the one where you were clearly being a dick oh how exciting so honestly (laughs) honestly shawnee uh oh you oh you got a chance at this one then because (laughs) you know shawnee i i hope you have a chance shawnee i can't wait yeah you're doing a great job I, i i couldn't do it without your support honestly all right, all right, all right. Let's get to the third round here. Shawnee, back to you with the Wednesday Night War. First, we'll start talking about NXT, who crowned a new champion this week. Who was it? Uh, I hope we're talking about uh, Finn Balor. Absolutely. The Prince back on top of the mountain. I don't know about you guys, but to get to see Finn Balor uh, holding a title in NXT at the same time Tyler Breeze is also holding a title in NXT, it makes my heart warm. It makes me so happy. How do you guys feel about Balor going over Cole this week? In a in a vacuum, this really is a moment that puts NXT over for me because you have a guy who was brought to the main roster when the main roster was exactly that. And then this is sort of the a punctuation of the idea that NXT is a third brand because uh, despite the fact that Finn Balor didn't have a great run on the main roster... There was never a time where I gave up on seeing Finn Balor being the Prince Devitt 
legacy that I, I was expecting of him. And so he, as the champion of NXT, I think is awesome. I think it's great for NXT in terms of the long-term story, you know, the, the literal day one until the day NXT stops. Uh, I think that this is a, a big moment and it's fun to see Finn Balor uh, doing something valuable again in his storytelling. Yeah, I, I agree with everything he just said. Of course, I mean, I, it only makes sense. Sunshine buddies, we know what's going on. But uh, I, I also agree because it makes sense for the sake of Adam Cole just had his long run. He just lost it. It wouldn't have made sense to have him as champion. And I'm still under the thought of I'm confused as to why Adam Cole is still in NXT until they actually start treating NXT like the third brand that we know it is with a draft, mixing up the rosters. Until they do that, to me, Adam Cole's just lost in NXT. He's done everything there is to do. He's and he lost the title. He had this thing with Pat McAfee that should have never happened, even though McAfee's a great athlete. But I, I just, I, I just think he's lost there. It wouldn't have made sense to have him be champion again. And Finn Balor, damn well deserves it. I think you guys said everything that needs to be said about that. Yeah, we're all very happy to see Finn Balor. All right, well, let's move over to AEW. Uh, this week, they pulled off an incredible surprise on Dynamite with the unveiling of the best man. Let's talk about him. Who is he? This is, this is my turn. We were talking about Miro. Yes, happy Miro Day to everyone. I was uh, about a half hour behind on the DVR on AEW, and I saw the chat blow up on Wednesday with you guys going, holy shit, what is this? Uh, and I had to flip my phone over face down until I could get to it so it would not be spoiled for me. And it was uh, it was glorious. We're all big fans of Miro, formerly Rusev in the WWE. Let's talk about him in AEW. What are we looking for here? I think this could legitimately push their numbers up in a really big way. It was a huge pop uh, in terms of just... Uh, catering to your professional wrestling fan base. I, there were so many swerves in that story that no one saw it coming. Uh, there was no indication from the dirt sheets. That there was no suspicion in my mind. You know, I certainly thought that at some point there was an extremely good chance we were going to see Miro in AEW, but I did not think it would be out of the blue like that. I did not think it would be in a manner that was so well protected. I loved the Rusev character. I love Miro, and uh, that episode of AEW I was watching and thinking, man, I really, this is something that I really enjoy week to week, which is uh, notable because I've been struggling with depression issues. And then Miro came out and it like just blew my mind. I was like, this is the joy I'm looking for when I spend my private time, right? When I, when I spend my leisure time, all hail Miro, happy Miro day to one and all. I think this could be the first addition to AEW, former WWE coming over, I should say, uh, that could legitimately hurt WWE because he was so popular in WWE. People were very upset when he was let go from WWE. He's been crazy popular on social media and Twitch since then. And now he's there. He's great in the ring. He's got a great personality. Uh, again, this could be the first edition because you have like matt cardona come over sorry that does nothing for me that does not 
push anything for AEW past anybody else. Uh, even what you know, all these others that have been okay. Brody Lee's been good, but I don't, you know, Brody Lee wasn't that popular in WWE. So I, you have a guy here that was crazy popular in WWE has only gotten even more popular since he was let go. This is huge for AEW. Okay, let's let's uh, let's call it like it is. As wrestling fans, we're we're kind of underdogs as people. Um, and it's weird to think of somebody like Miro as massive as he is as an underdog. But when you think about how he got himself over, once it, it's look, we've we touched on this already. The idea of somebody getting themselves or over without the help of creative or Vince um, just has never sat well with the company. And, and we, we've all read the dirt sheets where they're like, oh, they're not really cheering for you. They're mocking you. It's like, no, bitch, they like him. You know, you're just upset that it wasn't something you did. We've all been shit on as a people in whether professionally or personally. And to see somebody get a chance to basically stick it to somebody who didn't believe in them. How can you not cheer for that? And once again, the fact that it was so protected, there are so few genuine surprises anymore in wrestling. So many things get spoiled. It was a treat. It was a, it was truly a joy to see him emerge out of that tunnel not to mention see him from behind and, and be like, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Who's this blonde, some, some bitch. Uh, and then you turn <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. He's here. And no one had any idea. I mean, it was just, it's, it, you know, come on Miro day every day. And I want to say shout out to uh, the person on social media that uh, compared him to Dominic Mysterio from 2005. <laughs> uh, if you get, if, if you guys look back to Dominic, bl- a little blonde a little Dominic blonde in Dominic. 2005 was great. Yeah. I, I mean, I immediately thought of slim Rusey, but I think that's uh, indicative of our ages. Uh, <laughs> I like what you said about the fact that he's somehow the most over underdog ever. And I think that's exactly right. And he nailed it. You know, he, if if you watch him on his uh, various streams, he's he's very affable. He's an optimistic guy and a guy who is um, grateful. So he doesn't shoot on the WWE like you get out of a Gallows and Anderson. But he he made that just very concise shoot in his first appearance, where he he essentially said, "Look, there was a glass ceiling. All the talk about you know the the corporate talk is that there's a there's a, a brass ring." But it was so clear, so nakedly clear with the Rusev character that only certain selected people were eligible to go after to get to that glass, that brass ring. And so that glass ceiling held him at a certain level. And I think we could see that pop in AEW because I think his personal charisma has made him a guy who essentially should have had their hand on that brass ring. So there's just this explosive compression of what the WWE contained him to be versus what he and the fans actually believed him to be. And I don't want to get greedy, but you know, we were all extremely excited to see the surprise that was Miro and AEW. Can you imagine three months from now, if Aiden English joins him in AEW, like if if he's not already over with everybody, that's going to put it right over. That's for the marks, Chuck. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, we got one more question before we get to our final fall here. Uh, Shawnee, which AEW wrestler announced this week he's going to be taking some time away from the ring on Dynamite? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so let me go ahead and uh, see, think about it here, who it might have been. Yeah, you do have five, by the way. I feel like I must have heard it. I do watch the WrestleTalk news reports every day. Yes, Johnny, your time was up. Justin, who's walking away from AEW for a little while? He revealed on Dynamite this week. Matt Hardy. That is correct. Um, we talked a little bit last week about uh, his bad spill at All Out. When do you think we'll see Matt Hardy back? I think they'll. I think they'll let the rest of the year go by and let him heal up. I mean, he's older already, and then he takes a spill like that. They can kind of rework his character because I, th- you know, he debuted in AEW and it was huge as the broken character. To me, it's been confusing of who he is and where they're going with this, right? He's not consistently any one character. And then, then he's with private party and then he's going after Sammy Guevara. He was all over the damn place in such a short amount of time. It made absolutely no sense. You couldn't get a grasp on anything. You couldn't get a grasp on, is he broken or is he normal? Matt Hardy? Is he the old Matt? Like, it's just, it wasn't good. At all. His short run in AEW, in my opinion, was not good. Um, and it gives them time to kind of make it good. Uh, and I think, you know, beginning of 2021, he'll come back, you know, in some big way. I, I rarely disagree with Justin because he's a champ and uh, and my buddy. But I will say, I, I don't think it was great. But uh, I'm, I'm a Jeff Hardy fan, so I enjoy seeing him every week regardless. And there are uh, elements of this run that I will remember fondly. But this is just going to be perfect. You know, there are factions all over the place in AEW. And you get to essentially manage a swerve for whenever you decide to reintroduce him. And in my opinion, you reintroduce him as broken Matt Hardy. Uh, It makes sense in terms of the context of this specific moment. It makes sense in terms of the context of uh, his his bigger character. Uh, One day when there are audiences... Uh, he comes back as broken Matt Hardy. He can create a faction in this faction-laden universe that's being built. Uh, and at that point can decide he may never have to even take a bump again. Um, just the mere uh, arrival of uh, a broken universe with this cast of characters that's starting to really fill up in a way that makes me feel like the roster is getting potentially oversized. So I, I think that uh, when we see Matt Hardy again, it will be better. And as we pointed out, talking about the WWE's uh, policy against using, you know, YouTube or Twitch or something like that, Matt Hardy is absolutely one of those talents who has used his YouTube uh, channel to flesh out his character and get him over. And the idea that Matt can continue to make fun YouTube videos about the broken character, whichever version of Matt Hardy we get, is uh, I'm I'm here for it. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all three rounds of the of the, this week's one fall show. Leading into the final fall, Erica, what do the points look like? We have Justin in the lead with twelve points, Shawnee with five. But once again, this final fall question is a real dick of a question because I wrote it, and you know me. <laughs> so, uh, you, Justin, you might hate me, and I and I'm I am a little sorry. Justin said he did his research, so I'm uh, I'm confident that he's going to have at least a couple of these answers. I, I I could never hate you, Erica. We don't hate here on the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not in us. 
the sun, sunshine buddies, we just, you know, we move forward. You know what I'm we saying? We still have a seat reserved for you here in the Champions Club, buddy. If you wanted to, it can be the Sunshine Buddies AAA Championship anytime you want it. It's all yours. I saw how you're redecorating the uh, the Champions Lounge. And once again, that couch is sweet. It's it, Is that like a deep purple? It is. It's It looks uh, straight up royal. And uh, well, it, it, it's extra special because I picked it out, so he, he chose it just for me, and it was nice. You know, that's what buddies do for each other. I was originally intending to get a full size couch, but I got a love seat instead. All right, before I drown in the stacker in here, <laughs> let's get to our final fall on the uh, one fall show. Going back to G, the G1 climax for New Japan, which was announced this week, there are 20 men taking part in this tournament for two points each. I would like to go back and forth between both uh, Justin and Sean and have you each try and name one of these 20 men. Once again, every correct answer you throw at me is worth two points. And uh, we'll, we'll give each of you guys, I, I don't know, we'll, we'll just go back and forth until we, we've exhausted your brains. Are you both ready? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, considering that uh, you, are, you are behind in points, I will let you start. Can you name anybody who's going to be in the G1 Climax this year? Kenta. Kenta, let me see. Let me look through my list. Uh, yes, Kenta is here. So that is two points for you, Shawnee. All right, we'll throw it over to Justin. Name anybody that's going to be in the G1 Climax. Uh, Jay White. Jay White, Jay White, yes. Jay White is correct. This is almost like family feud rules here. Uh, the murder grandpa, Minaro Suzuki. Minaro Suzuki is in here. I know I saw his name in here. Yes, correct. Justin, back to you. Was it uh 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 da, da, da. was it evil? Did you say I'm gonna say evil? Evil, evil is a correct answer. You guys are two and two. Sean, back to you. Naito. 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 Let me see. I don't see Naito on the list. Erica, you can you confirm? Yes, there he is. I'm sorry. Yes, Tetsuya Naito is very much in the G1 because he's their precious baby boy. Fair enough. All right. Back to Justin, who uh, name us another person going to be in the G1 Climax this year. There's a I feel like there's a new Japan name that's brought up a lot. That's probably has to be a part of it. I don't know the full name. It's Will O something. Uh, it's Will Ospreay, you, buddy, I, and I'm going to give this one to you. Uh, thank you, buddy. Yes, Will Ospreay. Is that, is it? Heck yeah. Okay. I appreciate that, buddy. All right. Three and three. And back to you, Sean. Um, Is Tamatanga in this tournament, Chuck? Tamatanga. Uh, Erica, can you confirm? I do not see him on my list. If he is not on your list, then he is not in the tournament, dear. All right. All right. Well, I just, you know, I have a whole list in front of me, and I'm not as familiar with my New Japan wrestlers as I am with my Impact Wrestling wrestlers. So I just want to make sure that I'm not getting this wrong. All right. So Sean's got one incorrect answer, and we'll, we'll continue going until, let's say, until one of you has three incorrect answers. How about that? I like a three strikes you're out rule. I think that's healthy. All right. Well, I, well, I'm gonna take my first strike then because I I don't have one. Uh oh. All right. So Justin is taking his first strike here. He's he's run out of names in his brain. Back to you, Shawnee. You can steal away some points here. All right. Is Yano in this uh, tournament? Yano, Yano, Yano. Yes, Toro Yano. Correct. Uh, Justin, do you have uh do you have any do you have another name in there? Or are you just officially out? Unfortunately, I th I. I, I you know, you got to be proud of me how many New Japan names I came up with in my head. Yeah, um, for sure. Three is respectable. I'm going to take strike two. Okay. 
Fair enough. And uh, Shawnee, back to you. Give us another New Japan wrestler in the G1 Climax. Is Ishii in the Climax? Tomorrow Ishii is absolutely there. All right. Uh, Justin, you're down to your third strike. What are we thinking? Thinking, uh, great job, buddy. You're doing fantastic. Keep it up. I'm proud of you. Proud to be part of the Sunshine Buddies with you. All right. Sean, did you have any more names you wanted to throw in there for some bonus points? Okay. Let's uh, let's see here now. Um, Keep in mind, you do have two strikes left, so you have two opportunities to get it wrong. Uh, however, no pressure. Two correct answers will make you the winner. All right. All right. So I got to think of some names here. Um, uh, Pachipa Okada. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. Katsuchika Okada is in my list. And you, I think you murdered that name more than I've ever murdered it. Well, here's the thing. He, he did so on purpose. You did it because you won't listen to me about the pronunciation. So anyway, that is two points for Shawnee. I, I picture Erica and Chuck just sitting down like that Friends meme yes. with uh, Phoebe and Joey. <laughs> 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 All right, Shawnee, give us one more name and you take this week's show. Oh, man. Um thought you said no pressure. Damn. <laughs> Dick Togo? <laughs> I heard he's in the Bullet Club. Keep, keep, keep it alive. Keep him alive. Uh, no, Dick Togo, unfortunately, not in this year's G1 cl- Climax. Let's see. There's the Castlevania guy. I was going to say, there's still some really big names. Unfortunately, I know one of the show and yo guys is not in the tournament, but I'm not sure which one that is. They're like the Usos of Japan. <laughs> Farmer Burns died like a hundred years ago. Yeah, no, he's, we already established he's not in this. People listening to the podcast right now are screaming names at you. I can hear them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking around my, my, the champions club. I'm realizing suddenly that I need to make, uh, I, I need to put some more new Japan stuff up on the walls to, uh, to help me spur my memory. Right. You know who should be in that tournament? Who's that? Sinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But unfortunately, he is not. Do you remember so when you wrote that? Cra- wait, wait. You, is my five seconds up? I had never heard the timer start. <laughs> Your five seconds was a, a long time ago, sir. Well, well, here, here we go. Hold on. For the game, can you tell me who the Castlevania guys is? What is his real name? Okay, so here's the thing. You remember that one time I forgot, <laughs> and then we did an episode where I remembered, uh, and that wasn't that long ago. Because because here's the however, thing the castle the Castlevania guy is in it that's the thing <laughs> when you're like oh what about the Castlevania guy I'm like come on Shawnee remember his name so what happens <laughs> to the score if I get half a point if you get half a point I mean you know by standard just math I would have to I would round up to the nearest full point which actually would create a tie the Castlevania guy's the last answer Chuck. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to ask you one more question to finish the uh, show, and that is, are you stalling so that you will tie and continue to beat Sunshine Buddies? I was. Great I, job, I champ. Great job. Phenomenal job, buddy. I am so proud of you on that. I'm sitting back just enjoying every second of your moment there. Well, uh, once again this week, we've got uh, both Shawnee Cost and Justin Valentine tying for uh, for the Sunshine Buddies. Continue. It only makes sense. 
eventually we're going to have to figure out which one of you guys is superior competitor in this one fall show. But that week, crushed them. That week will not be this week. Uh, this week, once again, we have a tie. So let's uh, let's take our final fall here. I will give each of you sixty seconds to um, talk about anything that we did not talk about this week. Uh, Justin, starting with you. Oh, buddy, no, Sh- uh, Shawnee, please, you first. Oh, by all means, uh, sir, you go first. All right, Erica, go ahead. You have 60 seconds. Jesus Christ. I don't think I've ever seen Chuck get mad. Let's, I mean, let me just do a tight 60 on that. <laughs> Honestly, we got to pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. It was kind of a weird week in wrestling where a lot happened, but also very little happened. Look, just to double down, I'm just so happy for Miro. I'm happy for a guy that clearly loves this crazy ass business and he's going to be allowed to be himself and just be cool and be given be given the time of day and isn't that just what we all want in the world so i yield my time all right have one of you decided who's going first yet can you uh set the timer please yeah i've got it uh, right here and go uh shingo tagaki uh jeff cobb uh, Yujiro, Juice Robinson. Uh, You're doing Sonata, great, buddy. Uh, yeah. Uh, tai Chi. Are you just going to list people that are in the uh, G1 Climax now? I'm just going through my 60 seconds, buddy. Okay. You still got you still got 35. Take your time. I think I'm out of names, but I think <laughs> I think those were some of them that I should have probably said during the tournament. <laughs> Zack Saber Jr., Yoshihashi. Oh, fucking Ibushi. Kota Ibushi. I was surprised. Forget Kota Ibushi. I was surprised. The sexiest man alive. Went for Kota Ibushi. There's 60 seconds. Excuse me. Justin, would you like to? Oh, uh... Big Van Vader. (laughs) God damn it. Justin, you get 60 seconds (laughs) on the clock. Go ahead and talk about Uh, anything we missed this week. Great job, buddy. You sounded great. You did great. I, uh. I do want to bring something up. We talked earlier about this retribution angle and the reveal taken forever. Um, Another thing. Oh, I get the clock too. Great. Uh, The other thing that for me is taking way too long and they had a prime spot to do it this week is Alexa bliss with Bray Wyatt. Granted, I didn't hate what actually happened in the fun house. I didn't hate it, but this week was the week to have her be the newest member of the fun house. When she left the match, uh, the Fatal 4-Way. I thought that's exactly what was going to happen. I was so excited. And then they didn't do it. So now we have to wait at least another week for something like you know something to happen with them. It's taken too long. You had the prime spot and do it. I'm down to my final 10. And I want to also mention Bailey and Sasha finally broke up. And I am so happy. I'm going to bring that up one more time because I am so happy for Sasha to get this run and that's my 60 i'm gonna i'm gonna take less than 60 here but i'm glad you brought up uh alexa bliss because i am loving the slow burn of evil alexa bliss having been influenced by the fiend obviously you guys know i'm here for the spooky bullshit and that absolutely counts uh i also think wobbly walrus is a fantastic addition to the Firefly Funhouse. I agree. I just wanted it this week. Like, I, I feel like we're waiting too long for Alexa to be in the Funhouse. Every house. week she gets one more weird dread, and I hate how they look in her hair, but I love that it's a slow burn, and uh, we're going to get an evil Alexa Bliss, because really, that's her strength, is just being the little five-foot evil bitch. 
I thank you guys as always for tuning into this week's One Fall Show. Please rate and review us wherever you're getting your podcasts, and make sure you are following us on social media at the One Fall Show. You can find a Facebook group where we share memes. We also have our tw- uh, Twitter page, which Shawnee is usually live tweeting during a lot of the wrestling shows. And with that being said, Justin, where can people find you online? Uh- on social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk and JV sports talk.com. Shawnee, other than the one fall show Twitter, is there someplace you'd like people to find you online? They can find me uh, remodeling the champions club on Instagram at Shawnee.constant. It's looking great. Thanks champ. Erica, where can people find you? Well, first of all, I would like to second, well, well, technically third, the fact that the Champions Lounge really does look nice. And I am appreciating the updates that they're they're pleasant uh, to see along with like my friend's kids, um, the weird erotica slash shares. And then I see interior design. So, you know, those are those are all my sweet spots. Children, interior design and horror erotica. So. On that note, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And as always, my my name is Chuck Bean, and uh, you can find me online at Bean W R I F on that's on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Hello This Is Bean. I'm on 101 W R I F Mondays through Saturdays from seven to midnight. And you can find me with Shawnee on the Talk Horror to Me podcast, and me with Albeck and James on the Nerd Radio podcast busy busy person but not busy enough to ask erica once we're done where all that horror erotica is coming from because i'm interested thank you once again for another week of the one fall show and we'll talk to you next week about everything going on in pro wrestling slash on instagram the guitarist the guitarist flash Yes, it's the strangest thing because like I'll be mine like I I follow once again like a lot of my friends and then like some brands that I like and and it's just it's very like oh there's there's my one friend's kid oh there's another kid oh there's a thing about a coffee brand that I like and then all of a sudden just like titties and it's like what <laughs> what is happening it's it it's never not jarring for that reason alone, I have uh, separate social media accounts for porn and not porn, like my normal social media. And they're like, hey, I want to see me- porn on my social media, and I'll pull that account up. That way I'm prepared for titty. Yeah, it, it depends on the mood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, you want to hit us with some uh, – you want to hit us with some – titles before we move on with our Sundays? Yes, dear. Um, well, I have – it's a very Mankind with PMS episode. Um I'd rather have the corpse of Farmer Burns on my screen. Uh, Marty Genetti is a bad criminal. Uh, happy Miro Day one and all. <laughs> I just, this was at toward the end, but oh, Big Van Vader. <laughs> Which, it, it tickled me. And I'm like, oh, I'm writing that one down. And then uh, lastly, as you know, I'm here for the spooky <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm always here for the spooky Bullshit. I like the Marty Gennetti one myself. Honestly, I, I'm actually going with the Miro one just because that's probably the biggest thing. So I might grab the most eyes. That's true. Yeah. I mean, look, we will live to see another day where we can kick Marty Gennetti around. He's very, <laughs> he's very good at, at allowing us to do that. So, and ultimately, the decision is Shawnee once he gets done putting the uh, show together. That is true. Whatever grabs him. You do have the final say, sir. Before we go, uh, the superior Hashi, Tana or Taka, discuss. Which one has the cat? That would be Taka. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Taka. I I vote Taka. Deciding factor. Which one has the cat?
That's <laughs> the cat's name is Daryl, sir. Daryl. Yeah. Which one has Daryl the cat? Well, and Daryl's married to Carol. And then don't they have kittens? I, I yeah, like it's it's a thing. And I was <laughs> like, it's God, like it's like New Japan is so interesting because it has some of the best athleticism and long long-term storytelling, but also some of the silliest shit. And it's just, it's, it's a good mix of everything. I love it. That's my favorite inanimate object uh, gimmick since um, Perry Saturn's mop. Oh, the mop. Oh yeah, that's right. Mitch, the plant was great. I Mitch, agree. Mitch did get over. So yep. 